everyone. Good to see you all here tonight. If you would, stand with me as we sing our first song, Blessed Be the Name. Lift it up tonight as we sing. All praise to him who reigns above in majesty supreme, who gave his son for man to die, that he might man redeem. Blessed be the name, blessed be the name, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name, blessed be the name, blessed be the name. All right. Brother Brian Friend, would you open us in prayer tonight, please, Brian?
Amen. All right, Pastor. Andy, appreciate it. Quick reminder, our leadership team will meet tonight after the services up in the teen room, so keep that in mind in case you forgot about that. And then we mentioned this morning offering for Brother David Korn. We'll be taking that up all month long if the Lord leads you in that direction. They do have to replace their trailer that they live in. And uh, so we got a letter from them. Uh, Brother Brian read it last Wednesday night and gave us some updates on that. So you pray for them. And uh, that's a phenomenal ministry. And we continue this, an investment in them uh, that we'd like to be a part of. And so if God leads you in that direction, great. Uh, you can just give online or in the offering, just put David Corn, or Corn, whatever you can think of, and we'll send it that way. And uh, so we're excited about that, definitely so. Well, we've been blessed today. Matt said it this morning. We've been blessed. Great music today from the choir and, of course, Brenda and Shelly and uh, just powerful music. Brother Tommy and I both feel bad. We both had the same thought. I mean, I almost jumped to my feet and started applauding. And I didn't do it. And he goes, I was going to do that. And I'm like, oh, we should have done it. You know, so I appreciate the music. It was just really, really good and uh, heart stirring. And so we're blessed by that without a doubt. So tonight uh, we get Assurance with us, a uh, singing group from Heartland Baptist Baba College. We have a kind of a standing thing with Brother Mass. Uh, we obviously love Heartland, very connected to Heartland. So the singing groups go out, and I know a lot of churches uh, like them to come, and new churches. So I said, listen, if you get an opening, you just send them our way, you know. And uh, so every once in a while, we get to see them. So this is good. They're coming back from Wichita, and uh, so we're glad they're swinging in through here. So you get to be blessed tonight, as we already mentioned. The only sad thing is I didn't find out, I think, till maybe yesterday or Friday, Brother Rocky was coming. And normally I'd have him preach, but I'm in a part two from this morning. And uh, so we're going to finish. It won't be as good as Brother Rocky's, but I have to finish part two. Because if I wait one week, it's not good. You're going to go, what's he talking about? You know, uh, what's the first part? And, and, and then I'm going to get irritated. It's not going to be a good message. You know, so we're going to finish up tonight from this morning. Uh, but always a joy to have Brother Rocky and his wife with, uh, with us as well. Good friends of ours for a lot of years. And uh, so it's a great joy. So we're going to have assurance come and uh, start singing for us tonight. Welcome, ladies. And uh, good to have you. to fret about this ever-changing world and its ways but i've put my attention on that heavenly intervention brought me out of darkness into light it's not mind over matter it's more than worthless chatter it's all about the blood of jesus christ i still have a bible my guide to survival that's brought me to this place I still believe that Christian old-time convictions are the answer for this world today. Old saints are still praying, old sinners who are straying are receiving God's saving grace. Yes, the old rugged cross is still saving the lost. Thank God some things never change. nations and proving that he is still the same today there's not a different approach it remains as he wrote and it can't be explained away they say my convictions and religious addictions must all be rearranged but i've been on my knees and god reassures me that some things never change i still have a bible my guide to survival that's brought me to this place i still believe that christian old-time convictions are the answer for this world today old saints are still praying old sinners who are straying are receiving god's saving grace yes the old rugged cross is still saving the lost Thank God some things never change. Old saints are still praying. Old sinners who are straying are receiving God's saving grace. Yes, the old rugged cross is still saving the lost. Thank God 
Central, uh, Central Baptist Church. We are the Assurance Trio from Heartland Baptist Bible College in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Traveling with us are our sponsors, uh, Brother Rocky Harrell and his wife, Miss Julie Harrell. Brother Rocky is the Bible Department Chairman and Miss Julie works in the Bible Department as a Secretary. Um, back in the back is our sound man. His name is John Martin. He is a third year music major from Clifton Forge, Virginia. And on the piano is Tara Toops. She is a third year missions major from Wayland, Missouri. And my name is Hannah Lissenby. I'm a fourth year church ministries major from Newcastle, Oklahoma. Hello, my name is Tiffany Corley. I'm a third year music major from Farmington, New Mexico. Good evening, my name is Desiree Bates. I'm a third year youth major from Penrose, Colorado. She thought he was a gardener when she met him on the road. She had gone to see the tomb where Jesus lay. But when she heard the stranger speak, Mary, I'm the one you seek, she ran to the
Thank you, Pastor Waterloo, for inviting us tonight and just to be able to say a word about Heartland Baptist Bible College. Uh, I, it's an honor for me to be here tonight because this is one of my top five preachers I like to hear preach. And I hope you know you're blessed and God's blessed you with a man of God. So it's good to be here tonight. I also want to say thank you to this church. You let your pastor teach for 20 years at Heartland Baptist Bible College. He made an investment and we are grateful for that. He has since retired and we're sorry. I told him not. I hate seeing you not. I hate seeing you not there. I wish he was, but I understand he's got a responsibility here. So I just want to say thank you for that. I want to say thank you for your faithful support of Heartland Baptist Bible College. Uh, we are able to do so much because we have good churches like this church that support us monthly at the May offering. I want to say thank you so much for that. We do have a table out here. It's got some CDs or some information about the school. And I'd like to say just a few things about Heartland. You probably are very familiar with it because Pastor Waterloo was there for many years teaching. But we're a ministry school. Uh, I am thankful for everyone that becomes a doctor. I'm thankful for that. I am thankful for good lawyers. Okay, but if you want to be a lawyer, doctor, we don't have a degree for that. All right? We're a ministry school, which simply means this. If you're called to preach, if God calls you to the mission field, if he wants you to learn something about church music or in a youth ministry, now we've got, we've got some programs for that. And the thing that I love about Heartland is that we have men that are actually teaching that have actually done that. Now, Brother Waterloo is a little bit ahead of me in Bible college, but to my knowledge, and I don't know if his experience was different than mine, uh, I might have had maybe two men that had pastored a church that were teaching at Bible college. Most people had never taught, had never pastored a church. And I'm thankful to say that the majority of the men that are teaching our pastoral students, they've actually pastored a church. It's kind of like, you know, I want to be a brain surgeon. Have you been to work to anybody? No, but I want to. And uh, we, I, I am grateful for that practical application, especially in the years that Brother Waterloo put in there, teaching what we term the most important class at Heartland Bass Bible College, hermeneutics. Because if you don't know how to interpret the Bible, it doesn't matter how you preach it. And I've always kept that, and I believe that's true. And so we're a ministry school. We're trying to be very practical, uh, try to give young men and young ladies a good education for what they're going to need in this world. Because this world does not need less churches we need more independent fundamental Baptist churches. We certainly do. And that's what we're trying to produce. We're trying to produce young men and young ladies that are going to go out and do the work of the ministry out here, not only in the United States, but all across the world. And Central Baptist Church gets to have a part of that because you're investing in our students. I say so much thank you so very much. And you get to be the beneficiaries of that. 
How's that? Well, I, there's several people around here who went to our school. If I start missing, I'm going to miss somebody, but I'm thankful that you get that investment back. So thank you so much, Central Baptist Church. Thank you, Pastor Waterloo, for letting us be here. If I can answer any questions for you, we'll be around. Be happy to do that tonight. We also have some information about the college out there on the table. All right, thank you. This eternal torch will burn through endless ages. 
Thank you, ladies. Appreciate that. Amen. Well, we're over in Ephesians 6 and 1 Peter chapter 5. We'll actually start in 1 Peter chapter 5 tonight. And uh, you can also be over, like I said, in Ephesians chapter 6. As I'll remind you of this morning for just a few minutes. Um, some weren't here. Uh, you're in classes. Some of you were here. So I'll try not to re-preach the morning session. How's that? And uh, just to update you. But uh, I am convinced that we just need to be reminded sometimes. Uh, I'm glad on our phone we have reminders. I don't use it like I should. My wife's actually really good about it. Every once in a while I hear her phone going off and little alarms. And she's like, oh, yep, that's reminding me to do this. Oh, that's reminding me to do that. And I think the older we get, uh, probably the, the better that is to have those. All those old say amen. Amen. A couple of you. That's right. Yeah, it is good. Uh, I mean, you just, it's not that you don't know. You just kind of forget. You know, and if you're like me, I get sidetracked. I, I told you men are single focus. If you're a young lady, you need to pay attention to this comment right now. And uh, but we are, we're single focused. And uh, so once I move my focus from one thing and go to another, whatever it was on is now gone. That's why the cup stays right there by the chair. Uh, I was going to take it out, you know, but I got a phone call. I got distracted. I took out the trash. Now the cup forever will sit by the chair until I return. You know, it's just, just the way it works, okay? Uh, it's the same thing in the Christian life. I, I'm not telling you anything new tonight. This isn't some mind-blowing message you showed up for that you're going to be like, whoa, never heard this before, preacher. This is just like good stuff. That's not what you're getting. Please don't leave right now, okay? Just checking. Uh, but following up from this morning, um, what we reminded you of is the fact that we have an enemy called Satan. And uh, Paul, in his series on Be Not Ignorant, and we're going through that, in 2 Corinthians, he said, don't be ignorant of Satan's devices. So we started there this morning. He says, hey, you have to know how your enemy works. So when I mentioned that as a believer, we're like, yeah, I got it. I got it. But I'm telling you, I think a message like this probably needs preached almost every year. Because we have to be reminded of some things. Uh, this morning, I reminded you, uh, put it in this context, that uh, we're not the hunter, we're the prey. If you remember that, we're, we're the prey, and we talked about hunting and, you know, baiting and putting everything out, and, you know, you get the uh, deer stand, and you get the bait, and you got the camera. We went that whole routine, and, and then we talked about, well, we're the ones that's being hunted. And then we talked about the deer that makes it every year. And uh, the fact of the matter is, no, I'm not talking from experience, in case you're wondering. You know, I got all these stories from Brother Lynn, okay? So don't look at me funny. Uh, but uh, the deer that makes it every year and still survives, and, and uh, they do some things. And what it is, it's not that there's not bait for those deers. Those, those deers have learned how to handle it, okay? So we talked about some identifying factors or fingerprints this morning. And now you can also add the term that I'm using right now, bait, and we talked about just several things. We know he uses fear to bait us and temptation to bait us, confusion, division. And we went through those things and we kind of highlighted those. And these are tactics that Satan uses. These are things he's used for thousands of years to get Christians to fall or non-believers not to accept him. Right. I mean, that's what he does. And that we know of this, we read about it, we study it, we hear about it. But sometimes we put it in that fanciful world, that uh, fantasy that, you know, uh, you hear Satan, you're like, ah, okay, preacher, sure. And I'm telling you, he's alive and well. Right. He's, he's deadly real. Uh, and we talked today, don't give him too much credit or not enough credit. Sometimes we, we mention today, we blame Satan for things he hasn't done. It's just our, our being foolish, right. just dumb things. Sometimes Satan doesn't have to do anything for some of us. Uh, seriously, he, he just looks and goes, don't worry about them. They'll destroy themselves. You know, but for most of us, he, he's actively working and he's setting baits and traps and, and doing things, putting into our path so that we'll fall. And it's an ongoing battle. Listen, it's going to happen till the day you die. There's never going to come a time, never going to come a time. You do understand David's great sin uh, with what Bathsheba was it when he was young. 
He wasn't a 20, 30, 40 year old and fell to this uh, moral sin. You would think by the age he was, as he was up there older, he would be immune to that. Uh, but Satan baited and baited and baited and baited and still caught him at a weakness. And we forget that. We think that maybe we'll arrive and become immune. Let me tell you, I don't think it happens that way. I think we let our guard down. Can we be honest? I think the longer we're in Christianity, let's just be honest, the longer we're doing something, we're not as diligent, okay? And that's why messages like this, it's just going to remind you, hey, wake up, wake up, somebody's hunting you, you are the bait, and they're coming, hunting season's here. And uh, so now tonight, uh, we talked about that and, and knowing it, and now tonight, the practical side. I want to talk about and remind you of some things you need to do, and primarily here in 1 Peter chapter 5. And we'll hit Ephesians 6, you know the armor of God. I'm not going to detail that out. We'll, we'll, we'll take a look at it because it has importance. But I want us to look at 1 Peter chapter 5 and this warning tonight. So why don't we stand, we'll do the reading of God's word. And Now this, part twos are usually shorter than part one, so you should be out of here by 8.30. And uh, so that's a good, oh, time change, that's right. So, but yeah, it normally is. But uh, 1 Peter chapter 5, and again, two verses, if, if you don't know well, you ought to. And these are verses you want to have in your mind every year. Verse 5 says, be sober. I'm sorry, verse 8. Be sober, be vigilant, because. Because. Why? He's telling us why. Your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about. And we talked about this, seeking whom he may devour. He is actively coming after you. This isn't a casual thing. This is a targeted thing. Remember this morning, and again, I'm trying not to repreach it, but hey, who's he target? The weak. The ones that are separated, the ones that are out. We talked about being separated from the body. That's who he targets first. So why do you want to be here when, when the doors are open and in the word and serving God in the middle of the pack? So you're not the main target. Okay, he's still coming. He's going to try to get you, but there's protection there. So it says, seeking whom he may devour, whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. And I love that, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brother that are in the world. Lord, we come to now. Lord, we realize what we're talking about tonight is common. Something that we all should be aware of. Something that we all are aware of, Lord. So it's not unusual to talk about it. It's not hard to discuss it with somebody else, Lord, because everybody experiences the temptations of Satan, the bait, the attack. We see his fingerprints all over, Lord. And we see it literally every day, every week. We see it in our lives and other people's lives. And so, Lord, I pray tonight would just be a reminder. May it be an encouragement to us, Lord. May it be a wake-up call for some, an encouragement for the rest of us, Lord. Hey, to, to keep sharp, keep alert. And we thank you and praise you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. May be seated. So we break this down. I, I see as we see in 1 Peter ch chapter 5, and we do our reading. We're going to break this down a little bit. And, and, and I want to... I want to encourage you just a little bit, and there's several things I believe we can do according to Scripture, and the, the warnings are here, and I think very clearly. I think first and foremost, as we talk about, well, how do we avoid being the prey? Well, we're always going to be the prey, but, but how do we avoid falling in the trap? How do we avoid falling to these things that we're already aware of and we already see? And I think there's some simple things, and some things, like I said, that you know, but I think tonight I, I want you to check, am I strong in these areas? Am I utilizing these areas and these tools? The first one I would say this is just to walk wisely. The Bible talks all the time in Scripture about walking circumspectly. In other words, walk in a wise way. He begins by, he says this, uh, be sober, be vigilant. And he says this, be sober. That word sober is just what you think it is. Uh, we normally associate soberness with not drinking. So we'd say this, abstinence or temperance. Abstinence or temperance. And that's exactly what the, mean, the word means. It says, hey, be sober, okay? So in other words, I'm going to walk wisely and I want to be sober and temperate and abstinent in some things. Why? Well, I know that I'm the prey. I know Satan's coming after me. And I know he's setting this bait. So guess what? Don't partake of everything. Right. The fact of the matter is, uh, interesting, this morning I talked about Satan tries to separate you. Now, in the same vein, there's a word called separation. So here it is. Are you ready? Satan tries to separate you. That's bad. There's a Baptist word we use, separation, that's good. Yeah. Do you know what really the context of biblical separation is? Is being sober. A wise person, a sober person is this. I can, and you know my saying all the time, just because you can doesn't mean you. You've paid attention, that's good. Uh, you can, and, and too often I think our problem that I see today is 
we live by this set of rules and we always look in the Bible of what does the Bible say I can or can't do? And we're always trying to like push the line as close as we can. Uh, can I tell you, that is so dangerous and so foolish. That's not wise. You know, wise people walk in a way where you're, you're paying attention and, and you're walking away where you're, you're sober. And in other words, you're, you, you put some boundaries or some, se- no, don't miss this. You put some boundaries or separation in your life. Why? Not to fall into sin. Amen. Now I get it. I'm a fundamentalist. Part of our problem has been setting boundaries for you. I got you. Okay. We try to tell everybody what to do. And I realize uh, I, I don't approve of that. And that's not our goal for me to tell you everything. But the reality is the pendulum swing now is I'm not going to put any boundaries in my life. And I'm just going to do whatever I want and live case and raw. And, and Satan goes, that's good. He kind of baits you a little bit farther away and a little bit farther away from the group and Christian principles. And you haven't done anything wrong yet. But because there's no boundaries, suddenly one day you fall and you're like, how did that happen? And I'm like, well, it's simple. You got too close. Right. We talk about uh, going to the Grand Canyon and how many people every year fall off the Grand Canyon? And the number one reason is, you do know, right? Selfies. And I'm always like, why are you getting so close? No, I don't get it. I'm like, I'd like to take a selfie about a mile away and hope you get the picture. You know? And I'm trying to attack anybody. I'm like, I, no offense, that'd be embarrassing. How did Pastor Waterloo die? Well, he was at the Grand Canyon. And what happened? Was he like climbing this big mountain? No, no, no. He was taking a selfie. Oh, what? He fell off the mountain taking a selfie. Well, didn't he know not to? Okay. And in private, we go, he's dumb. <laughs> not really. I mean, you guys said publicly, people are like, don't bash that person. They lost a life. But, but I'm saying, what, what happened? Well, there's no boundaries. You're right. uh, there's just no boundaries. And so, so in this life, we try to say, well, I'll set my own boundaries. Good, you ought to. Amen. I think sometimes with our kids, you know, we don't want to set any boundaries for our kids and never say no. Never say no. That's not a wise thing. That's not a wise thing. And, and you don't have to have a... I'm help you. Are you ready? You don't have to have a verse. Oh, I thought I'd have a verse for everything. Oh, it doesn't have to say thou shalt not. You know what walking wisely is? Hey, I know the Bible and I know how Satan works and I'm watching going, you know what? Other people can, but I'm not going to. Why? Because I just don't want to mess up. So he said some separation. I say, we, we do some things here at Central Baptist Church that's not Bible. Ooh, this is going to really freak some of you out. You know, but uh, for most of our staff, uh, uh, most of the time, I, I don't meet one-on-one with, with women. Um, it's not that it never happens. It's just normally we don't. We purposely designed our uh, offices with glass. And uh, we have a standing rule uh, that if I'm talking to somebody, uh, we, I keep the blinds open and I want a staff person in the area. My staff knows that probably the only time they've seen me mad is when that hasn't happened. Several years ago, somebody caught me afterwards, and I remember talking in the office, and we walked out, and everybody's gone, and all the lights are out. You know, I'm like, oh, well, that's not good. You know, I, I wasn't happy. No, there was no impropriety, nothing big or anything like that, but I just didn't like it. I'm like, no, 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 I don't want to get anywhere close to the line. You know what I'm saying? So staff knows about the note that they got, the little text going, what are you doing? You know, and now I'm like, you always check and nobody leaves until everything's checked. So why? No, no, that's not Bible. No, no, sir, that's not Bible. And there's nothing sin and nothing wrong. I said, what are you doing? We're just setting boundaries. I don't want to get anywhere close to the line where anybody can say anything inappropriate. Why? It's not worth it. You're right. No, it's just, just not worth it. So when I'm talking about separation, understand when the Bible says come out from among them, be a separate. And I know you may know people that are extremists. And so you, you avoid that. No you got to walk wisely. And one of the ways to walk soberly, that means I have some abstinence and temperance that I place in my life because I know myself. I know myself because I, I know me and I know what maybe I'm prone to. I want to avoid that. I'm just going to avoid it. I'm not going to do it. And, and I think we miss that today. And I think we argue it away and we try to say, well, that's, you're just being legalistic. And well, yeah, I would be legalistic if I'm forcing something on you that's not Bible. But just saying, hey, here's a suggestion. You might want to think about having some type of standard in your life. So something. You might want to set some goals for, for you in your life to say, hey, here's my standards. Because if you don't have any standards, you're probably not going to stand very long. Right. And the people that fall the most, when you narrow it down, you find out the first thing they're throwing out is any type of stand in their life. And normally what I see, the same foundation I see every time is this. Well, 
I have freedom in Christ to do that. Yes, you do. No, no, yes, you do. But just because you have freedom to do it and the right to do it doesn't make it right. And that's the mistake we're making. And be careful with that. Be ca- when you find yourself arguing with that, uh, again, it's one thing for someone forcing it upon you, but it's another thing when you're like, man, I, I don't want anything in my life. So the first thing I see is sober, and, and we want to be sober. I uh, follow the news, and I fly a little bit, so I follow news about people flying. And you know there's crazies out there? Yeah, you, you should see some of those. The most recent, twice this year, this, this is a new one, but um, individuals on planes have been drinking. And Kevin, I need you to verify this because you, you fly, but no. Um, and they've... Um, urinated on the person next to them. They were so drunk, they decided to go to the bathroom right there. Yeah, you have the same look on your face when I first read it. I went, who does that? I remember reading it one time, and it happened again. I thought it was the same story. I'm like, there are two people that don't have a brain out there. The, the, the amount of fines that's going to take place, I'm like, who, who does this that you're so drunk, okay? You don't know where the restroom is. Okay, and you're so out of it. And that's not it. I mean, I can give you a list of things and talk to Kevin. He can give you a longer list of dumb things people do. But you know what I've noticed when I'm reading these stories? You know, you know what the common denominator mostly is? Alcohol. Yes. And this isn't a message on alcohol. I'm just saying the word is be sober. Why? You do dumb things when you're not. Right. I mean, you, you just do dumb things. And so he starts out with that saying, hey, hey, be sober. And it's, in other words, this, hey, walk wisely. Walk in a way. Hey, have some absence, some temperance in your life. Why? Just because you can doesn't mean you should. And set some boundaries. Don't, don't be going places. I'll see stories like this all the time. And someone's abducted or something bad happens. And you look at it and it's 1 o'clock in the morning. And they're out in a strange city. And they're like, well, well my daughter, my son can go wherever they want. Yet they have a right. But it doesn't make it right. And as much as you like to sit, think there's not evil out there, can we just be honest? There's evil out there. Right. And so, yeah, you can. You can go do whatever you want and uh, go wherever you want. But every one of us that, that, that is wise sits there and goes, mm, that was just a bad, foolish mistake that they did. And I'm sorry that's happened. And I don't believe that that ought to happen to anybody. But the fact of the matter is we know our world. We know how bad it is. And boundaries were dropped. And people went and said, I'm just going to do what I want. And now when you apply that to us and you see this in Christian life, this is how it happens all the time. Can, can I warn you? we got to walk wise. Look at the next word, be vigilant. Now, sober and vigilance have a similar word that's associated with them. Both of them have this word, watch. So when it says be vigilant, it means to watch. Um, I do drive a lot, often 20 to 25,000 miles a year. And uh, doing that, and uh, I'm not afraid to say this. I know some of you are superstitious. And so if I am in a wreck this week, it's not because of this, in case you're wondering. <laughs> and, uh, but, but I've been blessed uh, since I had my license at 16 um, uh, and again, uh, over 40 years, I have not been in an accident. And uh, driving 20, 25,000 miles, I've had a lot of close calls. I've had a lot. Uh, driving to Oklahoma City and uh, talking to my sister on the phone. And the car next to me uh, was here and it went up here. And then it spun out like this, going backwards at 70 miles an hour, right in front of me. I'm like, hey, there's a whoa, car spinning out in front of me, sis. Oh, okay. Anyways, I'm on my way to school and... Uh, <laughs> You say, uh, what happened? Oh, yeah. I've had people cut me off. I've had to uh, swerve. I've had semis say, I'm bigger than you, and I've had to swerve off the road. I mean, I've had tons of things happen, but I praise the Lord. I've not been a record. Here's one of the reasons. My wife knows. I drive defensively. Here's what I assume. Are you ready? You're a horrible driver. <laughs> no, horrible. I'm going to tell you right now. Uh, every one of you, I think, is bad. You know, and that's how I stay alive. I have a natural assumption that at any moment, any time, somebody could go, <laughs> anytime. Okay? Uh, and, and so because of that, uh, my wife knows I'm always looking. I'm, I'm looking at my mirrors. Seriously, I'm looking ahead. I have scenarios automatically going through my mind of what I'm going to do. A- automatically. If I'm in three lanes of traffic, that's why like, sometimes I'm changing lanes. She thinks I'm racing. I'm like, honestly, I'm, I'm trying to get in a better position. Uh, I don't like semis. I don't like to be next to them. I don't like them in front of me blocking my view. Seriously, I don't like big trucks blocking my view. I want to see several miles ahead. I don't want to come up on something and be slamming on my brakes. I want to see it. And so I always position myself in that way, and I'm looking. So because of that, I have an overwhelming fear of bridges. 
And bridges over water are the worst in the world. If you've ever gone to Florida and taken I-10, anybody ever make that trip? There's a stretch over there. And I don't know how many miles it is, but it's like the worst place on planet Earth. Because when you're driving on that bridge and there's nothing but water, number one, I know there's alligators in there. Probably sharks and stuff too. I don't swim well. That's, I don't care how warm the water is. I don't swim good. And I'm watching these semis, people zooming by. I'm on two lanes. And I'm thinking, if I break down or get in a wreck, we're going to die. There is no hope. Because I can't swerve right. I can't swerve left. I mean, there's no way. I don't like short bridges. We'll go to California. There's a bridge that goes from San Diego proper over to Coronado Bay. And I mean, it's short, folks. It's a short bridge. My wife knows I'm like this driving it. And there's all this beauty. Look at the ships. I'm looking at all the cars going. We get to the other side. I'm like, oh, oh, oh. I'm like, freedom, why? Now I feel trapped. And I, I hate that feeling. And be quite honest, I don't want to lose it. Because here's the thing. I live my driving life defensively, realizing that at any moment somebody can make a mistake. They're on their cell phone, they're not paying attention. And not on purpose, but they could end up coming towards me. So honestly, um, for over 40 years, God's blessed, and I've not been in an accident. Oh, I, I know it could change in a moment. I can't catch everything. Now, I get that. Somebody could come over, and I don't care if I'm watching or not. It's not a thing I can do, and, and I understand that. So a lot of it is the grace of God. But, but my part is, are you ready? I watch. No, no we watch. Uh, it's called an alertness. I think one of the dangers is we know about Satan, and we learned and we remind about his tactics and his bait. That we're the prey, and we're like, oh, that's kind of funny, preacher. That's good. No, no, you're the prey. Okay, you're, you're the prey. You ever watch those videos, and you'll see a lion on a safari charging them? That's not exciting to me. My immediate thought is, that's why I don't go on safaris. The fact that that lion is coming at that speed, that guy's like, Aah! you know, and I'm thinking, mm -mm, nope, 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 nope. I watched one of them where the uh, lion climbed in. Climbed in. That was a friendly one, praise Jesus. But the lion climbed in the vehicle with them. I literally had to pause it and go, no, no, you don't do that. Why? It's part of the cat family. Do you trust your cat? <laughs> Stop thinking about that. At any moment, your cat can look at you and go, I don't like you today. <laughs> you got a lion right next to you licking your head. He's measuring. He's measuring your head is all he's doing. There's a lick or two, and he's going, hey, they're pretty good. I'll try you. And they're laughing, going, this is so much fun. I'm like, they're gone. No, that's not exciting. See, I don't like danger. I remember when bungee jumping, does people do, still do that? Bungee jumping was popular, and like, let me, let me see this. You're, you want me to get to the ledge. You're going to tie my feet with this bungee cord thing. I'm going to jump, go head first down there. And if it works, I will then snap back up, and this is fun. Nope. Nope. I, I, I say stuff like this. You're going to come up afterwards. Preacher, I did it. It was great. And I'm like, I don't want to talk to you. You won't convince me. Because I've also read the stories, jumped. Oh, man, we mismeasured. How we lost that one. Next. And I'm like, no, no. In other words, I'm one of those guys, I'm like, hey, I want to watch and I want to be alert to what's happening around me and, and, and I want to know what the dangers are. And I, I tell you what I'm seeing in our society. We're walking out and we're living our lives and we're not sober and we're not vigilant. And we're like, I'm just going to have some fun and just let it down and let's just go have a good time. And in that moment, all of a sudden disaster hits. Because of one person who is always sober and always vigilant is Satan. He never takes a day off. He never takes a break. He watches everything you do. He tracks you better than Amazon. <laughs> if you know anything about online, come on, you've been online for years. You know, uh, matter of fact, when I want something now, I talk loudly to my phone. <laughs> I just seriously, the other day, I can't remember what I wanted. And I'm like, hey, luggage. I like luggage. You say, why? I didn't want to look it up. I wanted them to send me the ads for luggage. It wasn't that. It was something. But I literally, I literally did. I'm like, I know you're listening to me. Okay? 
I, I, you know, they, uh, we don't listen. That's a lie. I mean, come on. Facebook, everywhere you go, it's like they're sending you stuff constantly. Now, now wait, they're literally tracking everything we do, and you got to be alert to that. Now, now, wait a minute. This, the Bible saying here, be sober, be vigilant. Why? Because the adversary, your devil, as a roaring lion, walk about, he is seeking whom he may devour. And then look what he says here. And it's good stuff there. No, but it says, whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing, knowing. So I love this. Whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing. First of all, he says, resist. Can I tell you? Not only do you have to walk, and man, you're watching, and okay, and, and you're, you're walking wisely, and you, you've got some parameters set up. But folks, there's a resistance that's got to, listen, we got to learn to say no. Right. We talked about that big buck that's surviving. Well, that food looks good. Your bait's good. Right, I bet you have good bait. I mean, it's prime bait. It's not the cheap stuff. Uh, it's the good stuff. He smells that and goes, that's good stuff. But he's learned. That's not normally there. Huh. Well, that's, that's not normal. Hmm. He's like, you know what? I'll just go do a little bit more work, get mine over here. And I'll let the, the simple ones go by, see what happens. And they go by, you hear, Pow! He goes, yep, I was right. Okay. Can I tell you something? I want to remind you. Part of temptation, God says, I'm not going to keep all the temptation from you and all of Satan's fingerprints and bait. You have to learn to say no. I think sometimes we're just saying, well, I'll tell you what. People live this way. Well, if God brings it to my life, it must be from him. Really? I mean, that, that, that's how you think. You think anything that comes up is from God? You might want to get in the book and start reading. Not everything presented to you is from God. Matter of fact, often it's not. The fact of the matter is there's some resistance, and we know the story of Joseph. No, no, I'm serious. There's some stuff we say, no, no, no. I've got, I've got to draw a line, and I've been watching, and I'm trying to walk wisely. And so sometimes it's just like, mm, I'm just not going to go down that road. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to participate. There's got to be a resistance. Why? Because look what he says. Knowing this, that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. Now, here's the part that I like about this. Are you ready? Everybody goes through the attacks of Satan. Now, let me tell you about the benefit of this. You know, we can actually talk about this, and it's okay. No, no, really, it's funny to me. We don't normally talk about the temptations and the baits of Satan. And are you realize there's not one person sitting in this room that Satan doesn't come after in some way or another? Not one. You know the commonness of that that makes it nice? The fact of the matter is they talk about uh, in Israel. Uh, Israel probably has the lowest, from, from my reading, now, if that's changed, I, I've not read anything recent, but I remember reading that uh, PTSD is like, of the lowest form uh, over in Israel, which is interesting to me. I mean, you say, why is that? I don't know, but one of the things they're saying is this. Every single person over 18 has to serve. So what happens is like what we have, we have men and women going to the military coming back. You get back into society with a whole bunch of people that have never been. We don't really know what you've gone through. No, we, we really don't understand. I mean, we read stories and stuff, but I, I'm not in the hole with you. I don't have bullets going past me. I'm not scared for my life. You know what I'm saying? I just hear from you. But in Israel, everybody that age has been through there. Everyone's been through the training. You can talk to them, but you got someone going, I know. I understand. Can I help you? Every Christian goes through the attacks of Satan. Every single one of us. Every single one of us gets tempted in everything I mentioned this morning. Every single one of us. I don't know why we hide it and act like, doesn't affect me. I'm not bothered by this. I'm like, no, 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 no. What's the Bible said? Take heed lest you fall. Can right. I tell you? You need someone to talk to about what Satan's doing in your life? You have a brother or sister probably sitting next to you that understands 100% why it's common. It's common. He tempts. He tries to cause division. He does everything he can to confuse you, to try to separate you. Does it to everybody. Does it to everybody. So I love being in a place where I know this. I can go talk to Brother Barbie and go, man, he's at work again, man. Trying to discourage me and separate this and separate that. And he can go, I got you, brother. Totally understand. I'll be praying for your heart of this week because I know the enemy's attacking. You know, you ought to have brothers and sisters in Christ you can call and go to. That you can text here at Central Baptist Church and not be afraid to do that. Why? Because they get it. They get it. He says, whom resists steadfast. Now I want you to jump over real quick to Ephesians chapter 6. We'll close this down. Ephesians 6, this is the one you know the most. It's one you're aware of. We have this warning, and it's a very strong warning. We see the examples of it throughout Scripture and those that didn't give warning. I used the illustration this morning of Jesus telling Peter, and 
And, and I don't want that to be you tonight. I'll be honest with you. When Jesus looked at Peter and said, listen, Satan desires to sift you as wheat in Luke chapter 22. I've always said this whenever I preach that passage. Right there, Peter should have said this. Okay, what should I do? No, seriously, what should I do? He's coming after me? Well, yeah, he's coming after you. Okay, instead, you know what he said? Not so, Lord, I will die with you. Wrong response. In pride, he's lifted up going, won't affect me, man. I'm ready for that fight. No, no. The God of the universe just said, hey, I'm watching in spiritual warfare, and they're coming after you. I'm thinking, ask that same God what to do. And that God, same God, what to do, you know what he did? He left us a playbook. In Ephesians chapter 6, a chapter you ought to be, again, aware of. Can we just look at it real quick and just read it? Can I remind you? Here's the last thing. Besides, you know, watching and uh, you get up every day and you just you make wise decisions, good decisions, and you're resisting. Can I just remind you of the, the last obvious thing you should be doing every day? Wear the armor of God. Get, let's, let's be transparent. Pastor, uh, what's your worst days? Days I don't put on my armor. Oklahoma, I'll explain. Some of you, most of you, um, have a weapon. You do. A lot of you in Oklahoma, there's uh, freedom to carry. And for some of you, you wouldn't think about leaving your house without your weapon. You research and have holsters and places in your vehicle and, and on your body. You practice. You go target shooting, none of that bad. You buy ammo, and you're ready. And before you leave, you're like, wallet, keys, weapon. And he got it. And you'll even say this, I feel naked without it. That's a weird term for you to use, but that's fine. <laughs> but I mean, you'll say that. And I'll hear people say that. They're like, I just feel so, so out of it. It's like, I don't feel totally equipped. Now, you know where I'm going, right? Now, take that same feeling. Why don't we do that with the armor of God? Amen. In the same way, no, seriously, in the same way, if that's you, can I tell you? Uh, I'm not attacking them. I'm just saying, you ought to get up every day and say, okay, wallet, you know, weapon, uh, keys, God's armor. And the time that I'm the weakest is honest. It's like I'm so busy, I don't have time to put the armor of God on. Now, I, I know the scriptures, but yeah, I, I've not really read it much that day and, and spent much time in prayer. And I can literally track, or Satan will recognize that as well, and that'll be a more difficult day. And I can go back and track as well. When I actually follow that, and mentally prepare before I leave the house that I spend some time going, okay, here we go. I'm ready. I'm able to resist and do really good. So let's look what he says in Ephesians chapter 6. Let's just read it. Verse 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. We talked this morning. It's not the person sitting next to you, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God. In other words, because of this, because there is a spiritual battle every single day, wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, and above all, take on the shield of faith. Man, grow in your faith. Wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the, here it is, fiery darts of the wicked. You are a target. You're a prey. And take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. And watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And then he says, and for me that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. I'm not going to break this down. I'm just going to say this. He lists for you, put your armor on. So today I remind you, boy, that's not new stuff, preacher. Nope. But as we close, how'd you do last week? How you doing this month? You're, you're a target. I know there's bait out there. I know there's temptation, division, confusion. How are you handling it? You getting in the Word? Getting on your knees? Putting on the armor? You watching? Are you alert to that? Got that attitude you think somebody doesn't like you and he's like oh wait a minute wait a minute that's, that's probably from satan <laughs> instead of your first thought going yeah they probably don't you know and said oh wait 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 no no i got i got this enemy that puts thoughts in my head you know uh, well, what are you doing how are you handling that seriously i don't need you to raise your hand or anything but i think we need to look back and say this isn't new preacher no it's very practical though and here's the practicality of it i just want to remind you today 
Folks, we need to wake up. We need to realize we're in a battle every single day. I couldn't imagine being over in a battle zone and just casually going about my business or going out on some patrol and I forgot my rifle. I'm, I can't, didn't put on my vest. I don't have my helmet. I'll be okay. Done a hundred of these. Never been hit. I've not been in a battle. I'm going to tell you something right now. I'm not getting in a Humvee or going on patrol without every piece of equipment I can possibly carry. Every single time. And I imagine when you do that, most of those guys come back. You say, why? I'm as prepared as possible. Prepared as possible. Church, let's be prepared. Amen? Let's stand. Lord, we come to you now, Lord, as we close. We thank you, Lord, that greater are you than Satan. As strong as he is, Lord, and he is. As influential as he is, and he is. The reality is, Lord, um, you've given us the ability to overcome. You've given us a playbook, even through the Word of God. And we've discussed some of it today, this morning and tonight. And, Lord, the goal of today was to remind us, Lord, that we have an enemy. And that enemy is hunting us, Lord, and we are the prey. And, but, Lord, if we'll follow the process you've set up, Lord, we can resist, we can fight, and we can actually win. We can win, Lord. Oh, there'll be some days and some small battles we lose. But, Lord, we don't need to lose the war. We don't need to completely give in, Lord, and be destroyed. We don't. Because, Lord, you've given us the ability to fight back and the power to do so, Lord, through you. So, Lord, I pray that today, if, if the only thing accomplished is that we just kind of are reminded, Lord, that maybe reminded. For some, Lord, I pray they would watch better, walk more wisely, determine, Lord, to make sure spiritually they're ready before they walk out their door each day. And, Lord, face whatever's coming. And, yes, for many days, there, there won't be much. But, Lord, when that day does come and those darts are coming after us, Lord, that we're protected. Help us, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So as we conclude the day, as we do at Central Baptist Church, if you just need a time of prayer and to talk with the Lord, whatever it might be, this would be a good time to do that. One of the weapons we put on is prayer. And we bow before the Lord. And so I don't know what you've dealt with this week, this month, but maybe it's just time to put it to prayer right now. So if God's spoken to you, I challenge you to come. We'll just sing a couple verses of Jesus, I Come, page 159. Out of my bondage, Appreciate that. Amen. Good to have you out tonight. Hope you have a good spring break. I know most of you are off. This is probably one of our, that is probably our best service, spring break service we've ever had. I'll be honest. I walked in this morning and normally we have about 40, 50% of people gone, which is good. People are on vacation. Really, we get it and I'm glad they get to travel. Uh, I had a good group today. We're excited about that. And so I pray you have a good week. Those of you that are traveling and uh, taking some time off, I've heard a lot of people just kind of resting. 
taking a break and hope you enjoy that this week and we'll meet back of course Wednesday I don't think there's any Wanda's Wednesday right because spring break we normally don't so no Wanda's teen impact same thing and normal so we'll have services so you can come on to Wednesday services and then uh, jump back into things next Sunday definitely so so any other announcements or anything Jeff hey, Ben. okay uh, tell you what, you head on back and see uh, the assurance group they'll be back in the foyer if you want to come and say hi to them Pick up some of the material. Do that. Thank you, ladies, for singing. Appreciate it. Very good. And enjoyed that. It's been a good day. Definitely so. And leadership, we'll have our meeting just a few minutes afterwards. You can kind of say your goodbyes and hellos to people, and then we'll meet upstairs and uh, do our monthly meeting. So, Lord, we come to you now. We thank you for the day, Lord. Uh, it's been good. Uh, appreciate Heartland and the group being here, Lord. Pleasure you bless them. Uh, Lord, I want to know they're having another week before they get their break. So as college days take place and a lot of prospective students come, Lord, I pray that it would be a wonderful week for those uh, people that are coming, Lord, just to check out the college. And, Lord, if you guide them there, Lord, that you'd give them a heart and desire to be there. And, uh, Lord, it is our desire, Lord, you continue to call people into the ministry. Uh, Lord, I know you're not going to call everybody, and, and that is in the full-time ministry. But the reality is, Lord, we do need pastors and youth directors and missionaries and pastor's wives and missionary wives and secretaries and so many things, Lord, that make the ministry work. So, Lord, I pray to continue to bless the school. And I know the goal, Lord, and even this May offering, Lord, is to have enough promise that within a year to pay off the college. And we're excited about that, Lord, and pray to you bless there. So now guide and direct the group as they travel. Watch over them, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.